Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast, is Sophie Marks. Sophie's a hybrid of two of our guest categories, a model and a maker, as she's both modeled for Smart Glamour and also runs her own business with Sophie Marks Beauty. I'll let her introduce herself properly. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Mallory. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Could you please uh, introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Sophie. I go by Sophie Marks. My pronouns are she, hers, and I am a makeup artist and a licensed esthetician. So I like to focus on LGBT weddings, inclusive beauty, um, and also I'm starting to focus a little bit more on sustainability in beauty now as well. Ooh, fabulous. Um, Very quickly, because I don't know if I even know the full definition of it. Can you say what an esthetician is? Sure. So it is a state license. So I went to school to become licensed for this under the State Board of Cosmetology. So essentially, I am a skincare specialist and I am licensed to perform um, facial treatments, hair removal, makeup inside a salon setting, um, and lash extensions if I if I chose to to follow that route. But ba- basically, it's a license that allows you to perform certain services in a spa or salon setting. But when I use it, I mean to identify myself as a skincare expert. Gotcha. So we know each other through Smart Glamour. I believe first I featured you as a Smart Glamour person of the week, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. I... Yes, that did happen before <laughs> I modeled for you. I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you've modeled for me twice in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, do you consider yourself, do you call yourself a model? Why or why not? You know, I never do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've I've modeled for my friends who are photographers um, and I've modeled for Smart Glamour and you know, you probably noticed how nerve wracking it is for me <laughs> to, to have my body in front of a camera. You know, I'm really um, comfortable with my face. I'm really comfortable with speaking, but walking and um, having my body on display and using my body to show off an item of clothing or um, just to be the subject of a photograph is definitely something that I don't fully identify as one of my roles in the world. Um, So yeah, I think like, it's a little bit of imposter syndrome, even though I've literally modeled, you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I just had this conversation with, uh, with Alex, and she said a similar thing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, she models all the time. That's so (laughs) weird. Because when I think model, I think of Alex. Hey, Alex, (laughs) by the way, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's um it's a tough thing and I won't like go super into it since Alex and I kind of discussed it a bit, but I think just the world has put a very um I don't know if heavy is the right word, but but a, a weight on the board. And so sometimes it gives people hesitant hesitancy towards using it. Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway, aside from the modeling stuff, so so tell me, how did you get into doing beauty in the first place? Like, wh- how did you end up there? So, I mean, it's cheesy, but I was always that little person, like, stealing my mom's makeup and, like, smashing <laughs> it and ruining it and <laughs> her being like, why are you wearing makeup? You're literally five. So, 
So, so, you know, I was always like a lover of adorning my own face. And then, you know, when I was in college, I started to develop cystic acne. And then I started to develop an interest in, okay, well, how do I cover up my acne for situations where I want to feel covered up? You know, I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, I think there's this huge impetus for people to love the skin they're in, which is is part of my esthetician practice. You know, I always say all skin is good skin. But at the same time, I don't ever want to associate shame with covering up things that you don't want on display in an interview, for example, or on a first date, for example. Um, So, you know, I I kind of became interested in makeup from that perspective, from a covering up perspective, because I was so self-conscious about my skin. Um, I actually was part of a multi-level marketing company uh, because I wanted to become a makeup artist. And I very quickly learned that that is not the way to become a makeup artist. (laughs) Um, And um, a lot of my self-consciousness actually came from that experience, which I, I won't delve into too much. But anyways, so... So I started really exploring makeup both as an expressive tool and as a tool for just um, putting on my armor and like harnessing confidence through it. Um, And then formally, when I returned to my senior year of college, or when I turned to, when I returned to college for my senior year, I was asked to be the key makeup artist for a student film production. So my, one of my good friends at the time, Corinne, who actually passed away, and this is a really special memory I have with her. She raised the money for the uh, production budget, including a budget for me to buy a makeup kit that we would use on set. And that became my very first makeup kit. So that's how I, yeah, that's how I formally got started. It's a very special memory for me. And, um, you know, I started off doing a little bit of film, but then I just realized that I liked what we call beauty makeup, um, a lot better. So, so doing event makeup, weddings, um, photo shoots and stuff like that. Mm, Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of times when I'm talking about the fashion industry as far as um, imagery and representation and the visuals go, um, and I'm talking about how sometimes that can be harmful when we're talking about like the mainstream um, portion of it, Mm -hmm. I often will kind of like lump together the fashion industry and the beauty industry. Um, And I'm just wondering if you have thoughts on how... um, those two industries parallel and how you know it it, I feel like similarly there's a there's a fine line and there's a crossover a little bit of like how those industries can be empowering versus how those industries can be harmful yes I think that last thing you said definitely um highlights the why I'm interested in this topic so Mm -hmm. um there definitely there's definitely crossover and parallel Um, between the two industries in terms of loving yourself and expressing yourself and being creative, but then also being taken advantage of by the market or um, feeding into negative self-image or um, even racism, ageism. So, you know, I I think a, a good way to talk about it is to talk about beauty standards and where they come from and how they're kind of pushed onto us. So, 
like there, there's so much we could talk about, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, co- contouring is a great example. Like when people mm. contour their nose, like I remember when I worked at Sephora, it was like my first like makeup retail job. I was like, okay, and now I'm going to contour your nose to this client who I was working on, who was a person of color. I'm not sure what their ethnicity was, but she was like, oh, so you, so you can make my nose look more Western. And I was like, you know, I've been clocked. I was like, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> you know, um, do you want me to contour your nose? And she was like, no, yeah, do it. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so and, and I think that when you're in those situations, the best way to go about it is to just acknowledge impact and like, um, lean into the discomfort of it, um, mm. and say, and ask the client, well, what do you want? And, and that's how I always go about it. Um, but I, I appreciate being checked by, by, you know, people in my life and my clients and stuff, but, a lot of um, the practices that we do with makeup are to create the quote unquote ideal face shape, which is the oval face shape. And we talked about that a lot in beauty school. Um, we talked that, about that a lot in my trainings. And it always makes me really uncomfortable because who says like mm-hmm. what, what the standard or the ideal should be for your face shape? Um, and you know, I think that those ideals are oftentimes very Eurocentric. Um, they're very ageist, which I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't like think about ageism as much as I think about like racism and sexism. Um, because I mean, anti-aging is something that I care about in terms of my skincare and I like for makeup and skincare to make me look more youthful, but, but I never really impose those standards on a client. You know what I mean? I'm very client directed in that way. So So anyways, I do feel like if you are doing the form of self-expression for you, um, Mm -hmm. that's the important thing. If you are making a, a large decision, like a breast augmentation, let's say, or even something that is more of an ongoing decision, like committing to having my legs waxed once a month, which is very expensive and time consuming, like... I think it's a healthy practice to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Um, I don't think that any one action of self-expression is inherently good or bad or feminist or not. Um, But I do think it's a healthy practice to ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Do I need to be spending all this money? Do I need to be creating all of this waste? Do I need to be doing any of this, honestly? (laughs) Yeah. So everything you just said brought up... um a few things for me. So the, the first thing very quickly that I, I want to touch on is just this, um, the word it, or the phrase itself, anti-aging, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I know that you said that that's something that you are interested in when it comes to your skin. I mean, to me, is that more of just like a protective thing? Like you want to protect your skin and make sure that it, it, there's longevity there. I just feel like the, the term itself is so negative because it, it truly is like you know pitting against the idea of aging so i'm just wondering if they, like it, it, it does a reframe exist that would like help uh reduce harm in, in in that circumstance that's a great question so there are other terms that i've heard and, and i get a lot of my training from brands specifically so obviously a lot of the terminology that i'm used to using is just colored by the fact that like i'm trained to sell products so like mm-hmm. you know just disclaimer but like 
like Dermalogica, for example, is a brand that I've trained with numerous times and they don't say anti-aging. That's like a bad Mm. word there. You're supposed to say um, age reversal, which might also be harmful. Like, I don't know how I feel, you know, like, yeah. um, so, so there's age reversal there. I've heard age management, um, Mm. age prevention. So honestly, like here's what, here's my approach to it. I'm very matter of fact and very like, if you do this thing, it will make you look more this. And that I don't like to necessarily ascribe like values to looking more this, but you know, if you, um, if you have fluffier eyebrows, it tends to make you look younger. It also tends to make you look a little more masculine. So if you're trying to go for one of those two things, perhaps try fluffier eyebrows. Um, and then, you know, in terms of going back to your question about the health of the skin, there's a very real concern for skin cancer <laughs> that a lot yeah. of people forget about and, and people die of skin cancer as well. You know, my mom had skin cancer. It was a melanoma. She had it removed. It was fine. But, you know, like it's something that I'm wary of for sure. So, um, so to your point, yes, like wearing sunscreen is the best thing you can do to prevent damage to your skin um, because the sun is the number one source of aging concerns. So, you know, that might be wrinkles or uneven skin tone, but also skin cancer. (laughs) So, you know, if people always ask me, what is the best like cream to prevent aging? And I'm like, well, sunscreen. I know it's not a sexy answer, but like it's sunscreen. (laughs) Like you literally, you know, what's the point of getting all these fancy facials and stuff if you're not even protecting your skin? So, so to answer your question, like when I talk about age reversal or anti-aging or whatever, I'm definitely talking about both. I'm definitely talking about preventing damage to your skin and preserving its integrity, um, but also doing things to reverse the effects of aging. And it's a very personal choice. It's something that I'm into as like a science and almost like a game, like how, like, you know, I'm, I, it's like, I challenge myself like, Oh, like how effectively can I erase this wrinkle on my forehead? (laughs) So, so for me, it's something that I really enjoy and like people, you know, I'll never go after someone and be like, you know, do you want to do something about that wrinkle on your forehead? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I let people very much approach me, um, and I'm I'm not going to pretend that it's something that I don't care about for myself. Um, but in terms of like less harmful terminology, I do. You know, it, it's funny. Like people always talk about how like skincare feels more valuable than makeup because mm. it's like true beauty or whatever, and I just so disagree with that. Um, Mm. I think skincare is just as vain as wearing makeup. Um, But like makeup, I think there are parts of it that are ritualistic and um, tactile and all of these things that could be a very healthy way of self-care, but it's also self-maintenance. So uh, just like the same way that makeup is. Um, Is it self-expression the way that makeup is? I I don't know that it is. Um, Mm. So I think like it's very much a vain practice. (laughs) And um, yeah, I I don't know. After this, I definitely want to think about words that we could substitute for anti-aging that are less harmful 
that focus on the health of the skin. However, Mm -hmm. I will be honest that the, the practice of trying to look young is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily even feel comfortable pretending that it's something different, you know? Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, maybe there's a way to fully admit that that's what it is, but say that it's, um, like put the focus on, on, on the youth instead of putting it on anti being old, mm, you know, okay. just, just even something as small as that. Cause I don't think we need to like act like that's not what some people are trying to do when that is what they're trying to do. But mm-hmm. I think if the term itself wasn't innately negative to being old, you know? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, just spitballing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so there is a term that, yeah, that has been, you know, from a marketing perspective for the different brands I've worked with that, that very point has been brought up. So like a lot of brands want to say, um, rejuvenating mm. or youth revealing or something like that. So yeah, there, there are terms for sure. Mm. So then the next thing that you said in that, in that, um, answer a few minutes ago that, uh, stuck into my head was that you're talking about face shape and how people stress like a, a beauty standard of a face shape, which is so interesting. I've literally never thought that at all, being someone who's <laughs> not involved in the beauty industry. And it just immediately binged in my head to a direct parallel to body shape because, you know, obviously the world is obsessed with weight loss and body size. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone has a like predetermined body shape. Like you can't, you can't fully change unless you're going to do plastic surgery. You can't fully change your entire like body shape makeup um, from one thing to another. You, you know, you are the height that you are and like this, you know, the, your bones are in a certain place, etc. Yes. And that's, it's interesting to me to think about the parallels between that and face shape, because like, yes, you can contour your face and you can highlight your face. Um, so that just instantly made me think of the parallel between body shape and face shape, because obviously, you know, you can contour your face, you can highlight certain parts of your face, but you can't like change the head you have unless you do plastic surgery. Right. um and then another little thing i just wanted to touch on so when you brought up which i think is super important in my own personal like makeup relationship just asking yourself like why am i doing this like why am i making this choice and i remember when i was in high school um i had gotten like scouted to do modeling then i got put into this like class of here's how you model with this woman who's a ford model And one of the days of the course was learning how to do, quote unquote, no makeup makeup to wear to castings. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I learned how to do that, I just did it every day. And I, you know, I was like 16. I wasn't thinking about it. And I just continued doing it every day. Mm -hmm. And then once I got to be, I don't know, in my early 20s, I was still had been doing it every day. And it had become like a... I can't leave the house until I put this on my face. And um, I, I mean, I think I feel like it was as recent as maybe like five or six years ago where I was like, you know what? I'm going to actively choose to not put anything on my face and leave the house and keep doing that until I'm also comfortable doing that. Because then I could make it an actual choice. You know, I feel like when once you 
get ingrained into doing something and you're not thinking about why you're doing it, that then it gets to be possibly harmful, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess what the word I would use is it became limiting. Like you couldn't leave the house without doing it. And it would be really nice to be able to do that. (laughs) Right, right, right. I mean, like if you, and, and, the the point of the experiment was not to like never put makeup on again. Right. right. The point the point of the experiment was to be like, it's okay if I also leave the house with no makeup on. Like I do, I don't need to feel like my face is no longer presentable to the public unless it has makeup on it, which is how I was feeling. So I just like wanted to, you know, stop that in its tracks. <laughs> Right. And I like that you presented it as a practice as well, because I feel like sometimes people are like, well, if you're a feminist, like, why do you feel uncomfortable with like a pimple on your face? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, like, it's not just something I can wake up and not care about anymore. (laughs) Right. And, and I feel like we, on the one hand, I can become really resentful towards people who perpetuate stereotypes and create this pressure in my mind to like care. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, I understand why people care and like, I, I can't judge them for caring. Um, But anyway, that's just an aside. I mean, I'm a Scorpio. So like, I'm such a black and white thinker that (laughs) sometimes Hmm. it's hard for me not to um, look at a group of people and just say like, like straight people who wear brown boots I don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) oh my goodness that's so funny (laughs) um so okay I have one quick button thing and then I want to circle back to you bringing up sustainability and also you mentioning like focusing on LGBTQ um IA plus people Mm -hmm. so the quick thing is that so I I'm personally like not a huge makeup person I don't own a lot I I mean I barely own any honestly but the one thing that I am truly obsessed with is is lip color and lip stains and specifically red lip and I'm just curious if there's like I mean obviously you're a makeup person so it's probably going to be a hard question but (laughs) is there like the one thing that you feel like if I put this on and it could even be like I don't know doing your skincare but like is there like the one portion of makeup or beauty or, or skincare to you that's like, this is one thing that when I do this, I feel great? Oh, I never just wear like one article of makeup for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm definitely like a multi-step person, but I, I would say my skincare, like when my when I feel like I've done that ritual for myself and my skin has like a healthy looking sheen to it then that's something that definitely makes me feel more prepared and also sunscreen I mean like it I literally feel protected when I I feel like we can wrap that into one yeah for (laughs) sure (laughs) so you mentioned um wanting to focus more on sustainability and I just wondered um if you wanted to chat about that a little bit and how how does how does sustainability like relate to the makeup industry Yeah, of course. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think fashion is the first industry that is like the most 
it's it's supposedly number two. Number oh, one is oil. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that would make sense. And then yeah, I, yeah. I think makeup is like trailing right behind fashion. But mm. so so here's I'm not an expert on sustainability, and that's why I I mentioned that it's something that I'm becoming more interested in. So. Um, for me, what it looks like right now in my practice is really encouraging clients and myself to use things that are specifically serving a purpose for you. Um, so that might look like a bunch of different things. Like if, if you see a contour or blush palette that has like a bunch of different colors, well, if you're not a makeup artist who's working on other people, you really don't need that. Um, Mm. it's, it's really such a waste of product and packaging. Um, also, you know, doing your research before buying something because you can return makeup after it's used, but then it becomes garbage. So I really encourage people to do their research or just consult with me before purchasing (laughs) something. So to minimize the possibility of returns, um, I also like instead of throwing away my makeup packaging, I keep it and repurpose it. So a lot of makeup packaging could just turn into like a compact mirror that you carry around in your pocket or your handbag. Um, so just little things like that to create less waste in an industry that's already so wasteful, um, really with an emphasis on using what you have not buying things just because they're trending or whatever, and really just purchasing things that are going to serve a purpose in your collection that you're Mm -hmm. sure to use up. Um, I mean, honestly, those are like my main suggestions for sustainability um, to fashion mm -hmm. consumers as well. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And I'm just kind of winging it. Like I'm just kind of dipping my toes. So I'm glad I'm like hitting the mark a little bit. (laughs) Absolutely. It's all about like buying things that you're truly going to use, buying things that are of high, of of good quality. So you're not going to use them once and throw them out. Um, You know, being thoughtful about how you dispose of things. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are like the main tenets of, of sustainability and fashion as well. So that's a really cool um, parallel to accidentally find. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you mentioned at the beginning that you focus on queer weddings. Um, So let's just dive into, into that a little bit and also like how, does the makeup industry tie into LGBTQIA plus um, community and possibly, I don't know, like activism? Like, like, what are your thoughts on on that? Yeah, so there's a lot. So I guess the the first <laughs> thing is when I do somebody's makeup, I am literally creating an image, and imagery is so important for. Um, how we identify and the beauty standards that are created. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very client directed and my language is very much like, if we do this, it could have this effect. So I'm not just like, you know, there are no rules. So, that, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not all the way on that end of the spectrum, but I am very much like, look, th- you know, if we give you fluffier eyebrows, it might make you look more traditionally what's thought of as masculine, or it might make you look more youthful um, to the, you know, when you first look at it or whatever. Um, So that's very much the language that I use. So 
in creating images of real people, I'm very mindful uh, that I'm putting something out into the world that somebody might see and identify with and feel empowered by like, oh, Mm. here are two women getting married. And one of them is wearing, um, you know, a pop of purple eyeliner, but not in a way that makes her look ultra femme, like she still looks mask, you know, she's wearing her suit, and she has her slicked hair. And like, she still looks very like herself, but, you know, wanted to do a pop of color. So like, in that way, like makeup isn't necessarily going to make you look more femme, let's say. Um, Mm And, you know, both in creating those images and making the person in my chair feel comfortable because the language I use is very, um, I I try to be as non-limiting as possible in the language that I use. So I think every person that's ever in your chair is someone that you're touching and creating, you're facilitating their relationship to beauty. So I'm very mindful of that. You know, even when I did film, like sometimes actors would just cry in my chair. (laughs) You know, it can be, so I'm, I'm very aware that I am facilitating some sort of experience for the person Mm -hmm. who is in my chair. So that's really important. I'm very aware that I'm creating an image of a queer person and creating potentially some identification and hopefully empowerment or validation or some other positive feeling for somebody who might be seeing that image in the future. And also it's just part of like in terms of LGBTQIA plus weddings, it's part of your celebration of love and the validation of your queer love. And I want you to look and feel like the most beautiful version of yourself on that day, something that you and your partner can appreciate about each other and in yourselves. And um, it's a great feeling, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I know this already, obviously, since I know you, but if case people are listening to this, don't know you, um, I just want to add that you are a part of that community. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I identify as queer for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> me, me and my partner are in a queer relationship. Queer or lesbian is, is the term that I'm comfortable with. But yes, I am. So, so you know, I, I think that's very important as well. Like, if I think hiring queer vendors is really meaningful because uh, community supporting community is just such a a thing in the queer space. But also um, having a queer person do your makeup when you yourself are queer and maybe have a different relationship to beauty and makeup and all of these things. You want somebody who is really going to make you feel like you're in a safe space to celebrate your beauty in whatever, in whatever way that looks like for you. Absolutely. Um, so second to last question, how has both, you know, modeling for me, being involved in the smart glamour community, being involved in those conversations and also being a part of the beauty industry from the professional side, how have any or all of those experiences affected your personal relationship to these things, to your body, to your image, to to any of those? Yes. So being involved in the Smart Glamour community and modeling for Smart Glamour specifically has definitely been a validating and empowering experience because 
um, it's it's truly uniquely one of the spaces that I've been in where um, it's truly body positive. Like I feel like the term body positive is just thrown around, and like mm. um, it doesn't necessarily. I, I feel like the smart glamour space is very deconstructive of limiting beliefs about one's body. And I really appreciate Ooh. that. And, <laughs> and I, I, that's, that's what I'm all about as a makeup artist as well. I mean, and you know, I'm, I'm femme, I have cis privilege for sure. And like, I'm not, you know, the most, um, deviant looking person <laughs> but but still like being in that kind of community um and that kind of space really empowers me to kind of let go of my insecurities at least temporarily you know and and circling back to what we said before about it being a practice like coming to love yourself and love the things about yourself that maybe are a little bit more difficult to love like it truly is a practice and the more you put yourself in that space where you're surrounded by like-minded people, the more that you can start to internalize that idea. Um, and, you know, being in the beauty industry is really challenging, actually, <laughs> because um, beauty standards are more perpetuated than anything in the the professional spaces that I find myself in. Um, mm -hmm. Thankfully, the beauty space, especially I watch a lot of YouTube. So, so left tube is very like, you know, um, supportive of the same ideals that I am in terms of being body positive, being inclusive, being more sustainable and holding people accountable for problematic behavior. Mm -hmm. So I, I, find certain parts of the community to be super empowering and, and to feel super safe in that way. But just like in my everyday professional life, it's truly been a balance of, um, I don't know if pandering is the right word, but, but picking my battles for sure, because this is how I make my money. And mm -hmm. sometimes it means putting up with um, being in spaces where I know all of my values are not necessarily shared. But mm. in terms of what I'm trying to build with Sophie Marks Beauty, it is very, I, I finally feel like I don't have to like pander or whatever. I If I don't, you know, if somebody doesn't hire me because they see a queer couple on the front page of my website, then like, I don't care anymore. Like I- right. <laughs> Uh, but but that wasn't always the case when you're trying to break into the industry um you know i don't know many other like lesbian identified um makeup artists it's mm. or or queer identified makeup artists who aren't men so it's 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 not like the the chef industry where like lesbian chefs are like a really common thing um <laughs> you know like like gay men are a big part of our community but um I don't find gay men to always be the most supportive and stuff. So, mm. so, so yeah, I don't mean to end on a negative note, but I am really learning to not put any of my mentors on a pedestal and mm. really to just take what's valuable from every situation and leave what's not. And truly it, it, this is really difficult, but I keep reminding myself that if things aren't perfect, that's 
at least for me and my mentorship and my relationship to the community, I just have to be a little bit stronger because Mm. I have to remind myself that my values are well-intentioned and that what I'm trying to create might be a little bit more far-reaching than what I see and the experiences that I've had. And like, I wish we were there already, but it's truly a test of my mental fortitude at times to remember that I am a pioneer in this industry. And Mm. like, you know, there's all sorts of imposter syndrome and, and pressures for women not to speak highly of themselves. But I, but I feel comfortable saying that I am a pioneer in this industry. And I mean, I feel like maybe you could relate to that, Mallory, because I've never really been in a space like Smart Glamour before, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, uh, very similarly, that is uh, something that I don't I don't vocalize or say very often either, because I just, I don't know. I think there's, it's twofold. It's it's a little bit of like, women are, are you know, um, ingrained to not applaud themselves. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to be very careful to not take up even more space as a, you know, straight size cis lady. Um, but, but I, especially because of the the space that I that I work in. But, um, but yes, yes, I de- I definitely agree that I I am one of the only people doing what I'm doing and creating the spaces that I'm creating, especially like in our um, immediate circle there's a lot of incredible um plus size people making incredible spaces mm-hmm. around the country mm-hmm. um and running you know similar small businesses um like chevy cartwheels is, is what just first came to my mind um although since i'm not where they are i'm not located where they're located i haven't been in their spaces so i i can't like fully attest to what what is happening like in in an in-person setting right um but but yeah i mean it's it's an it's an interesting balance of like (laughs) being proud of yourself but not taking up space but also wanting to take up some space like i yeah Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) i can totally relate to that and and i definitely i mean you're so right i do want to be deferential when it comes to um beauty standards as they relate to racism for sure. I mean there mm-hmm. are there are so many amazing beauty brands that are owned by black women or latina women um and part of what I'm doing this year is definitely trying to support those brands and highlight them on my social media as well um mm-hmm. and to do that 365 days of the year not just when black lives matter is trending. Right. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I feel like in terms of my everyday job, at least here in Jersey, yeah, I do feel like my my thoughts and ideas and values and the way I treat clients is far reaching in comparison. But am I the only person in the world doing this? Right, no, right. no, right. absolutely not. And 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 right. am I the best person to challenge or not challenge? Am I the best person to champion? Um, racial equality in the beauty space. No, I'm white. No. So, so <laughs> right. no. Yeah, yeah, like, so, you know, of course, I'm not the only person doing it. And of course, I'm not the best person to champion uh, all of these issues. But, you know, at least for where I'm at, and what I'm trying to do in the queer space, um, I definitely, it has been a challenge for me to 
stay strong, (laughs) that that my message is being heard and that there are people who are going to want to book me because I'm me, not just because I'm the most glam, you know, (laughs) typical looking makeup artist. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, um, I'm sure there are a lot of things, but what are the one or two main things you would like to see change in the beauty and or fashion, but you know, you're specifically in the beauty industry um, moving forward? One thing I would love to see change is, I mean, this is so idealistic, but Honestly, I would love to see the industry slow down. I mean, fast fashion isn't going anywhere. And there are a lot of makeup brands have definitely started to act and behave more like fast fashion brands um, in that there are releases like every single week. The market is very saturated and, 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 you know, they have to do that to stay competitive. But I really would like to see more thoughtful releases and um, products that cater to specific needs and specific skin tones instead of being marketed for everyone and their dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'd really like to see a slowing down, not only, I, I mean, okay, having expectations of brands is a little unrealistic, but like even just the people in my community, like slow down, you don't need to buy every single release. Um, Mm -hmm. really take the time to be thoughtful about your purchases and purchase things that are going to be a little bit goes a long way. That's going to last you a while and that you're really going to use up before it goes bad. Um, And another thing would be to truly see in terms of representation, a multiplicity of beauties. So we can Mm -hmm. actually broaden our definition of beauty. And I mean, you know, there, there are so many examples, femme people with facial hair, um, Mm -hmm. you know, trans non-binary people with a multiplicity of self-expressions. And also I'm going to say it more lesbians. I mean, we see, we see there's this huge movement for boys in beauty and I don't like that. Like just call them gay. Like, why are we focused on boys? Like it's such a pet mm. peeve of mine. Like, um, like there's this one, not to go off too much on a tangent, but there's this one, um, beauty blogger named Manny MUA who I, I don't hate him or anything, but like his Instagram bio for years has been boys deserve beauty recognition too. And I'm like, boys don't deserve any anyway like (laughs) like, I'm like boys deserve like just that phrase Uh, (laughs) but yeah but like why can't you ally your you're gay why can't you ally yourself with the queer community like why does it have Mm. to be about boys and men so honestly Mm. I would love to see more queer women or queer femmes um basically queer identified folks who aren't cis men Mm -hmm. Um, being represented in the community and their faces being represented as beautiful. Right. Absolutely. Whoo. I agree. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a part of the industry, but I absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. So um, this was a wonderful conversation. I'm so happy about all the things that we touched on. Um, Where do you prefer that folks follow you on the internet? Oh, thank you. So my Instagram handle is Sophie Marks Beauty, all one word. 
And my Facebook is facebook.com backslash Sophie Marks Beauty. If you're interested in booking any sort of virtual service, which is something that I um, have been doing actually long before the pandemic, but it's mm. definitely grown since then. So I will base you'll I'll basically empty your cosmetics bag for you, tell you what to throw away, tell you what to get, how to use it, and all of that stuff. So if you'd like to see my menu for that or contact me, you can do so at sophiemarks.com. Wonderful. And I will hyperlink that in all the places that it can be linked. Thank you so much. Thank thank you so much, Sophie. Seriously, this was awesome. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash smartglamour and Instagram at smart underscore glamour. Thanks.